It's officially DC festival season, and we're super excited about this one coming up on May 18th. Africa on the Avenue is a celebration of the vibrant African immigrant community along Georgia Avenue Northwest. There's going to be interactive art installations, fashion shows, music, food, and local business stands. This one-day festival, organized by District Bridges Lower Georgia Avenue Main Street Program, truly has something for everyone. So I'll see you there on May 18th. Go to districtbridges.org to learn more. Today on CityCast DC, roller skating became all the rage during the pandemic, but for DC, this wasn't really a new thing. Just ask DC skate enthusiast Salita Coleman. Salita says the district has always had a special connection to skating. It's Thursday, February 23rd. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is what DC's talking about. I'm here with Salita Coleman, who's been bringing skating back to the area. When people say bringing skating back to D.C., what do they mean by that? Like, where did skating go in D.C.? The district has not had a indoor roller rink in almost 30 years. So bringing it back is something that people have wanted ever since the day the Calorama doors um, were, were closed. And now is the Harris Teeter on Columbia Road in Adams Morgan. So that dream that wished to bring some version of roller skating back to the district has been the dream of many native Washingtonians. And I've just become an advocate to help maybe get in rooms to maybe help make that happen. What has that advocacy looked like trying to make D.C. a bigger skating hub as it used to be back in the day? Like, what has that advocacy looked like for you? It all started from the 2018 United Skates documentary for me, the HBO documentary, an associate producer on that film. And some folks in D.C. government happened to be in New York at the Tribeca Film Festival, and they watched the movie. And um, a conversation came up that said, how come D.C. wasn't discussed in the film? And the film's directors, producers, myself, we said it's because the district hasn't had a rank in 30 years. So there was nothing to really highlight in the movie. So that movement and discussion brought on the Capitol Skate Fest that took place in 2019 over in the D.C. Armory. It took uh, almost two years to get that one day of roller skating to happen in the D.C. Armory. But it was something that really opened a can of worms in the district that there are people that are still here craving spaces to roller skate in because almost 5,000 people appeared that day. Wow. So there is a thirst for skating in the city, right? Like, even though we don't necessarily have a lot of places to do it, people want it to be a thing here in D.C. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have Anacostia Park, and I always highlight the park because it is the only protected federal government space in the country for roller skating. The National Park Service operates and manages that space. It's federally protected and nobody else has anything like it. It's covered roller skating space outside that's free to the public. That in itself is awesome. But as we know, D.C. isn't a year round, sunny and breezy place to live. So we kind of would like to have a space where you can go inside and maybe uh, turn the heat on as necessary, because Anacostia Park is, it's covered, but it's still outside. And we've only got four or five months a year where we can really enjoy that. 
Yeah, that rink in Anacostia Park is so much fun, and it really is something that I think is unique about D.C. I think it's the only national park in the country that has a skating rink in it. It is. So that's definitely something that makes skating unique in D.C., but what is it about skating in D.C. that's different from anywhere else? People that live here may take it for for granted, but we have a backdrop unlike no other city in the country has. It's one of the most pedestrian and transportation-friendly cities in the country. So if we were to have indoor roller skating space, it couldn't be more accessible um, in any city than D.C. has. We have scooters, we have bikes, trains, trolleys, buses, (laughs) any mode of transportation you could want, we have access to which makes having a roller rink in a lot of cities a challenge because they're out in the suburbs, you need a car. If we had a rink in the district, I think we would be popping all the time. Oh, if it has wheels, we have it here in the district. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so many different cities have their own kind of unique style or flavor of skating. What would you say is DC's? Well, DC's is, or at least the style skate community that we refer to it as SNAP, the SNAP style of skating which is mostly an arm-linked or hand-arm-connected skate style where there is a leader and there are followers, um, and it's to a unique beat of music, somewhere in that 60 to 90 beats a minute where it's just soulful and beautiful and interconnected. That's kind of a, a style that D.C. has defined and other cities have come to admire and try to learn how, how do you skate trains that way. I'd say in the last five years or so, You've got other cities wanting to know how to snap. So D.C. is kind of um, a a bit of a star right now because they've noticed they're back. D.C. is skating again. Yeah, we're coming back. We're coming back. In in D.C., is it mostly just for fun or are people like doing it competitively? No, this isn't. Style skaters, um, as as we talk about a mostly mostly African-American niche of roller skating, style skating is what it's called. We're not competitive where we're out there to feel good and skate in friendly, safe environments in our community. We're young, we're old. Roller skating can start for some as young as two when you start walking and as old as in your 70s or or 80s. So it's one of the most community immersed activities that you can do. And for us, it's never really been competitive. So I do a little bit of skating myself. Like I'm just basically trying not to fall on my skates. My big claim to fame is I can skate backward. If anybody tells you otherwise, they are not correct. I do most of my skating at the Cardozo Education Campus, just like a school parking lot here in Columbia Heights, which is beautiful. I love it. It's my favorite place to skate. Because of the lack of rinks in D.C., you really kind of have to be creative if you want to practice your skating. Have you heard of folks like skating in some unique places in the city? So I am an advocate for roller skating in non-traditional spaces, meaning not rinks. Just this past October 2022, I hosted the Legends Gala inside the Anthem down on the wharf. The Anthem was a beautiful venue for roller skating, a polished concrete floor, awesome wide open space. Uh, We've used the DC Armory, obviously, for Capital Skate Fest. There are too many large venues in the district that if we could create partnerships amongst some of those facilities, whether it be a rec center, a nightclub or entertainment venue, we could have some non-traditional roller skating space. There are probably businesses that aren't busy on a Tuesday or Thursday night of the week where they might welcome um, additional business of a 
200 adults to come in and, and skate roller disco style. People think when you're roller skating, you need wide open spaces to go around in a circle when that's really not the case. We can dance partnered. We can dance in spaces that you wouldn't normally think of. During the pandemic, we skated in our living rooms, our kitchens, our balconies. I, I want to get rid of the, the notion that you need this huge space to go around in a circle because there's probably a nightclub or a rec center that could make themselves available for us to skate in. Most of my youth, I loved skating. I kind of fell out of it. And then during the pandemic, I got back into it. And I was surprised to see so many people getting back into skating. It felt like a like a thing. I don't know what it was about the pandemic that kickstarted people's interest in skating. Did you find that to be the case as well? Like something about the pandemic had folks craving for the freedom that comes with skating. So those of us that were already skaters, we didn't experience that because we were already a part of the community. We were mostly just missing each other. But what we noticed out on social media sites, people were gravitating toward the music and wanting some movement. So naturally, with so much roller skating content on the internet, um, we found that folks were kind of uh, try trying to get on the bandwagon, jumping in the rink <laughs> with us. So th the pandemic really didn't bring skating back. It was always there. It just let a whole new group of folks in that uh, made it hard to get skates for a while, which is awesome. I've worked on behalf of the manufacturers in the roller skating space over the years, and it was exciting for there to be wait lists, you know, to just buy a pair of skates. On the manufacturing end of things, factories overseas, over in China, they couldn't access parts so that you could have wheels and bearings and plates connected to, to your skates. So it made it harder to uh, buy roller skates for a while. I just think COVID brought in the next generation of folks that will probably make roller skating more fun, fashionable. It kind of brought a little sexy to roller skating. The knee-high socks are back and the cute fashions. It just added more fun to what was already an exciting community. Everybody knows that getting that perfect Mother's Day gift is basically impossible, but we promise mom will love this one. The Capitol Hill Restoration Society House and Garden Tour is back this Mother's Day weekend on May 11th and May 12th. Tour nine elaborate homes and gardens and three historic buildings on Capitol Hill that you can't normally enter. And if you can't make it, check out the Capitol Hill Restoration Society's other events like walking tours and monthly preservation cafes. You can buy tickets for the Mother's Day House and Garden Tour on Eventbrite. And be sure to follow CHRS on Facebook and Instagram at Capitol Hill Restoration DC. Where's the weirdest or most interesting place that you've skated in DC? None of it's weird. I would say Freedom Plaza is a, a, a lot of fun. We've been down there. For those of us that have always been traditional indoor rink skaters, it took the pandemic for us to be open to skating outside. We were very uh, stuck up about wanting our indoor wood floors, smooth spaces. When you skate outside, you got to interact with twigs and pebbles <laughs> and potholes. Had there not been a pandemic, there was, there was a whole league of us that would have never put our wheels on an outdoor surface. And for listeners that don't know, there's a difference between your indoor and your outdoor wheel. So a lot of us didn't want our indoor wheels on those outdoor surfaces. What are the differences? 
hardness. So if your wheel is really hard, when you roll over rock or a piece of glass outside, you really feel that bump. It's also a safety hazard where if your wheel is softer, it can absorb some of the smaller debris and things that you might roll over outside. There is something, just something about, I mean, I I hear you about opening up and skating in these new non-traditional spaces to open up the pastime. But there really is something about a nice, smooth, hardwood floor on your nice, hard quad Mm -hmm. wheels. There's just something about it. There's nothing like it. I just came off of four nights of roller skating down in Florida and to see 1,300, you know, adult skaters out on the rink floor from midnight to four or five in the morning. There's just nothing like it. It would be so cool if DC could give us that, that old school energy of being in the rink all night. How did you get first get into skating? So I witnessed the 9-11 incident over in Pentagon City. The plane crashed into the Pentagon. I experienced a great deal of PTSD from that event. And I was at a trade show that following year, and I saw a guy dancing at a cocktail party. And he had a whole lot of rhythm for a middle-aged Korean guy. And I said, where'd you learn how to dance like that? Where'd you get your rhythm from? And he said, I skate with the brothers and the sisters. And I just looked at him like he had a few heads. And I said, I don't believe you. You, You're crazy. And he said, if you don't believe me, meet me in Chicago and go to the skate party with me. So I bought a pair of skates and practiced for a few months. And that following July, I was in Chicago, walked into a rink at midnight, and I saw maybe 2,000 adults, you know, in a very uh, awesome, music-filled, alcohol-free, smoke-free environment. And I said, this is my jam. I could get into this. So that's when I started skating, and that was right around 2004 or five. And he just kept wheeling around ever since. And then some. The thing for me in roller skating has always been the music, the music and the movement. I've never felt more free. For my community, I know that from folks that live in underserved communities, it's been a thing to keep kids off the streets. But I know a lot of folks that have not had that experience growing up that love roller skating. The guy that introduced me to roller skating was a chemical engineer at Chevron. He didn't have any gangs in his neighborhood or anything to keep him off the streets. He liked the music and the movement and the people. My background in marketing and corporate communications kind of got me immersed in the industry. I would help rank operators with some of their promotions. I would bring product sponsorships to some skating events, and I started hosting skating events. And it's been a very uh, long, (laughs) long time kind of uh, involved in the business side as well as the community. What do you see as the future of skating in D.C.? Are there any new rinks on the way? Well, I'm not intimately involved in this project, but for those that are familiar with Hook Hall, there's been acquisition of property. From what I understand, it's an old Foreman Mill store where there's going to be an integration of pickleball and roller skating. You could Google that story I heard about it on WTOP about a month ago, but that's exciting because that would be a D.C. address. Hook Hall has hosted some roller skating parties over the last year, so it seems as if some way, somehow, somebody's listening and are answering the call to give us some non-traditional space in the city and possibly a rink. How can folks who are listening, who are beginners or maybe interested in getting more involved in skating, how can they get started? Do you have any basic tips for them as they start their skating journey? 
Well, first of all, people want to grab a pair of skates. You want to make sure that you learn about the product. If you're an adult, you don't want to go out and spend 80 or 99 bucks on a pair of skates because they're not going to sustain your movements for very long. I'd say you're probably going to spend anywhere between 200 and 250 bucks on a pair of beginner skates if you're serious about it. You can go out and rent skates when you go to some of the suburban roller rinks, but every time you go skating, a pair of rentals is going to be different. They're going to be adjusted different. You want your own skates when you're starting out. Um, some folks want to run off to Amazon and get them. Uh, I, I'd look for a local skate shop. The D.C. area has bikes and skates, as well as um, a wonderful young lady owns a skate shop down in Woodbridge. I know it's further outside of the city, but we, we've got two skate shop owners in the area. Start with a local business owner who can have some product knowledge and get you in the right pair. Just get out there and try it. You know, it's really all about music and relaxing and enjoying it with good friends. So hopefully if you're starting, you know someone or can talk someone into joining you. We're a diverse group of people. Our backgrounds and experiences vary. But the One Nation Under a Groove thing, you know, that song, it absolutely applies to roller skating. From bums to ballers, <laughs> everybody can be in the skate world. It's so true. Salita Coleman, thank you so much for being here today. I'll see you on the rink. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And before you head out, some quick news. Loyalty bookstores in Silver Spring will now have a police presence at their Saturday drag story hours. This comes after members of the Proud Boys confronted parents and kids with homophobic and transphobic slurs. Loyalty Bookstores is not alone as a target of the Proud Boys. Other far-right groups with white supremacist ideologies have increasingly targeted LGBTQ individuals and events with hateful and violent acts at a national scale. Meanwhile, Vince Gray, the council member for Ward 7, introduced a bill that would increase police department staffing from 3,300 officers to 4,200 officers. It would offer large bonuses to older officers to keep them from retiring and restore collective bargaining rights. The number of officers has been decreasing since 2013, which Gray says has contributed to the increase in homicides. And finally, the National Zoo just debuted a new luxe bird habitat. The project was six years and $69 million in the making and updates the 1928 birdhouse, which had not been touched in decades. The aviaries recreate habitats for 170 birds and allows for visitors to walk among them rather than behind glass. It opens to the public on March 13th, so get those tickets. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend who's going to tear up that new roller rink we all want? They can rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.